Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. other person to feel unloved or something you're doing that leads the other person to feel disliked. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's the case, then, then you need to stop. Again, we're not talking about minor pushes. All relationships are imperfect, so there's always some kind of a push. Right. But if there's a major push there, you need to stop the push. The other thing we talk about is a pull. So here's the marriage. Now, if there's a pull out here, if, the, if there are big, big pushes going on in the relationship, big mm-hmm. pushes happening in the relationship, the pull doesn't have to be very strong. But if the relationship is actually in decent shape, not meaning it's perfect because they don't exist, then a pull has to be extremely strong. And so when you look at something such as infidelity, mm-hmm. okay, so now we know what the pull is. The pull is another person. Right. Now, assuming that her infidelity is with one person. Right. Sometimes it's not. But if that's the deal, then she's being pulled here. We would still say, if you want to be able to put the relationship back together, any major pushes that you've done or are doing need to stop. And again, typically they come into one of three categories. Whatever it leads the other person to feel you do not respect them or that you do not love them or that you do not like them. Now, that's coming out of research that's um, in the Marriage Clinic, a book by Gottman, which is fascinating. If you look at that, then we'd say, okay. If you've got a major push, stop it. Now, he's saying, okay, how do I deal with the infidelity? I'm assuming he means either confront the infidelity or try to get her back. And how does he do that without uh, putting pressure on her? Mm-hmm. And, the question, and, and uh, again, the questions are cut off. Things moved away from us there. But if that were to happen, what would you recommend to them? What would you suggest? Well, you know, there's a lot of things that that kind of would would play into this, but finding a way to get her back without putting pressure, the things that we teach everyone at first, number one, work on yourself through the pies, focusing on yourself physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, getting your focus off of her and the situation as much as you can Mm -hmm. and focus on becoming the best you that you can be. Mm -hmm. You do that for you. But if anything would hopefully see that there's change in you and get her to want to come back, that's going to be it. But then the second thing that we would recommend, or I would recommend right after that is use smart contact. 
Mm-hmm. So how are you talking with her now? When you do speak, what is it, what are those conversations like? Are you doing any of these push behaviors that we talk about? And in Smart Contact, we outline how to have a smart way of communicating with your spouse in any situation, but especially if there's some kind of crisis or trouble happening in the relationship. So those would be my go-tos. Yeah, and therefore, anything you do that puts pressure it's typically going to work against you. Mm-hmm. A guy told me once years ago, he said, I've made financial arrangements. I've talked to the people that are her friends. I've talked to her family. I've even gone to our church. I've made it where it's impossible for her to leave me. Oh, no. He really said that. And, and to which I replied, well, why don't you just chain her in the basement? Oh, it's... To which he replied, well, then she'd be here, but she wouldn't want to be. And I'm going, by the way, that's just an illustration. Do not, do not say Dr. Beam said I should chain you in the basement. That is not what I was saying. It will not work. <laughs> well, get you in prison or yes. get you. Now, the yes. thing is pressuring, trying to pressure a person back mm. is going to backfire mm-hmm. because even if you can bring about enough pressure, pressure that they do come back, mm-hmm. they're going to resent you. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not here because I want to be, right. I'm here because you made me be here. Mm-hmm. And that resentment is going to grow deeper and deeper and deeper. And, and finally at some point it's going to explode and turn out badly. Mm-hmm. So we say this now, if you're asking, well, can, can I talk to her about the infidelity? Yes. But if you do, talk to her in terms about how you feel rather than what she's doing. Right. So if you say, you hussy, you whore, you slut, then then she's probably not going to react well to that. Not going to go well. Because what's going to happen is that she's going to become defensive. Sure. Uh, even if she's feeling some guilt, it's going to intensify her guilt, which is probably still not going to work in your favor right. in this particular situation. So what do you do? You talk about what I feel. I know that you're involved with this other guy. It's breaking my heart. You can say that, Mm. but don't whine, don't plead, Mm -hmm. don't beg. Mm. Because if you say those things with that poor, poor, pitiful me approach, Mm -hmm. it still winds up being pressure. Right. Because what what it's doing, whether you realize it or not, is trying to implement guilt in the other person Mm -hmm. or or some kind of sympathy Mm -hmm. in the other person. And typically they don't react like that. No. And so if you're going to explain it, explain it in terms of I'm hurt. I wish you would come home. I wish we could work these things out. You can talk about that. Just don't push. Mm -hmm. But the fact that sometimes you need to confront things. What we tell people is, yeah, don't push. But sometimes. Sometimes you you have to. Sure. And we talk about that in the Smart Contact Toolkit, which in that toolkit, we go in depth. As Joe was saying at the beginning of the show, we created that specifically for teaching you all of the implement, all of these nuances that go into how to implement Smart Contact correctly. But one of those things that we talk about in there, and you should get the Smart Contact Toolkit, because as one of the people on our team says, he says, the communication in the marriage is one of the first things to break down and it's especially broken if there's something going on in the relationship that's negative and so in that smart contact toolkit we honestly do the best that we can to teach you the best things that you can do to move forward and I don't want to sound like a commercial, but I do want you to get it and go through it because it will change the way that you communicate with your spouse and it will move things in a positive direction if you continue to do these things over time and make it a change in your habits and the way that you communicate. So get the Smart Contact Toolkit. And how do they do that? You can go to marriagehelper.com and search for Smart Contact Toolkit. You can purchase it there and You'll get immediate access. The information, the login information will be sent to you. You can start going through it right after this program. (laughs) And it's relatively inexpensive. Yeah, $27, which is 
so, 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 so worth it. Okay. And so now we have, if, if indeed we can contact, Mm -hmm. we have Jeffrey in Oklahoma who wants to ask a question about smart contact. Jeffrey, can you hear us? I can. Can you hear me now? Yay. Yes. Thank you, Jesse. How can we help you, Jeffrey? (laughs) Yes. uh, I've, I've listened to a lot of your guys' videos and stuff, uh, but I did have a question on smart contact. Uh, one of the things you guys say is to keep it to uh, like managing business items. Mm. Well, my wife, uh, she's she's having an affair and she's moved out mm-hmm. and is requesting a divorce, but she still calls me and contacts me quite often. Like just yesterday, she mm-hmm. called me and asked me if I wanted to go to McDonald's with her and the kids and just have dinner there with them. Mm. That's great. Right. Did well, you that's think that, but later. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. I was going to say, but later on in the same conversation, I was busy. I had plans and I wasn't able to make it because she called me kind of last minute. They was already basically there. Uh, later on in the same conversation, she was talking about me meeting her affair partner and her affair partner meeting the kid. So it wasn't really a pulling back from the divorce or anything, just that, you know, she's starting to reach out to me. So it's, it's kind of difficult for me to follow what you guys would typically say about just like managing business items when she's reaching out in this, uh, in this manner. So what would your recommendations on smart contact be in a situation like this? Understand that smart contact, and Kimberly will talk more about this, smart contact doesn't mean you don't talk about other things. Mm -hmm. When we talk about smart contact, we talk about the contact that you initiate. Mm -hmm. And so so things such as managing business, that kind of stuff, that's something that you initiate. Mm -hmm. But if the other person initiates the conversation, then you certainly can have a conversation. Right. And uh, and that's always good. And the situation that you're describing, you might be thinking, well, I'm going to tell her no. I don't want to meet the affair partner. I'm just I'm making some assumptions now. Or no, I'm not ready for the kids to meet the affair partner. And and you can do that. But my recommendation, and, and that's still smart contact. Smart contact doesn't mean you agree with everything they want, giving everything that they want you to do. Smart contact means you're not pressuring, you're not mm-hmm. pushing, you're not pursuing. And so in a situation like that, if it were I, I would have said something like this. When she says, I want you to meet the affair partner, I want you to imagine she called his name instead of saying affair partner. I want the kids to meet them. Then my response, if it had been me, you knew what you need to do. But if I had been in that situation, I would have said, that's a pretty serious thing to talk about. And I'm happy to talk to you about it. So when can we meet face to face? Because I'd love to sit down and talk to you about it. I I would have tried not to have that conversation over the phone. Because you can talk about things and, and do so much better when you're face-to-face. Because, first of all, you typically have more time than a phone call. Secondly, you can see how the other person is mm-hmm. responding. And in that conversation, you can say, you know, it doesn't make me happy for that to happen. I'm not ready for that. Now, you still listen. You're still compassionate. You're still kind. You're still all those kinds of things. And that is smart contact. The smart contact doesn't say that you always are doing what they want. It doesn't. Sometimes what you do, they're not going to like. But she initiated that conversation, not you. How would you add to that, Kimberly? You know, that's, I mean, that's pretty much what I would have said. The only other thing, you know, I think, Jeffrey, if I were you, one of the things I would have felt was maybe, well, she was just trying to get me to go out with them because she wanted to talk about that there. Um, If that were 
to happen, I don't know how old your kids are, but I would also say if she were trying to try and talk mm. about it in front of the kids, mm-hmm. then you would say, hey, I would love to have this conversation when it's just the two of us. It's not appropriate to do it right now in front of the kids. But it's the way that you respond. There you go. The tone, your, I mean, when you're in person, your body language, you don't have to be mean about it, Mm-mm. but you can be strong and calm and gentle, like we always say, in your response and and then just continue on. Don't let it be something that you continue to dwell on or bother about. You know, yes, she said it. You probably are dreading the conversation, but try and move forward and say, you know, how was your day today? I mean, if she's reached out, try and use it as an opportunity to to ask her about something non-relational, which is the part of quote unquote business items. You want it to not be about your relationship. So from your end, you can try and take that conversation to how was work today and try and end it on a positive note. Yeah. And so, and all that, it's still part of smart contact. Okay. Let's see where it, he is right here. So Jeffrey, let me ask you a question. Uh, do you have the smart contact toolkit? I do not know. Okay. We're going to give that to you. If uh, we'll put you back on hold and if you will uh, make sure that we get your telephone number and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to give you a copy of that smart contact cool toolkit that we hope can help you figure out how to do these Absolutely. things. Would you let us do that? Yes, I would. I'd appreciate that actually. Okay. Great. All right. Well, go back on hold and, and we'll try to get information from you. And, um, uh, if nothing else, Carolina or whoever, can you guys write down his number in I case we it. lose him? Okay, Perfect. we've got it. And Thank we're, we're going to make sure you get that. Okay, my friend. Thank you so much, and I hope it goes well for you. Now, here's one from Minnesota, mm. and this is Terry. Hi, Terry. How may we help you today? Hi. Um, so I listened to your podcast uh, just the other day on limerence, and um, I believe my husband have had an emotional affair four years ago. Um, in your podcast, you talked about um, – especially for men, if you don't um, specifically admit to something or talk about something, then it doesn't, it means in your head it didn't really happen. Um, It's been a division between us for four years. um, And all I still get is um, pretty much the blame for all of it. And, you know, it's all in my head. I've always had jealousy issues. I'm crazy. Um, All of those kinds of things still four years later. Um, and uh, we've decided to remain together uh, in his terms mm-hmm. to fulfill our obligation to our kids, um, which mm-hmm. means four more years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both of us would like to reconcile. He's mentioned that in the past. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I have a lot of things to work through to get to that point, and without mm-hmm. him acknowledging this huge elephant in the room, um, I guess I don't know how to get past that. He also has mentioned multiple times saying, you know, that I don't like him, you know. So mm-hmm. I know that that's an issue. He thinks I don't like him. Um, do you? So I guess just how do, how do you start reconciliation if somebody won't? Well, my question is, do you like him? Um. Okay. The hesitation, the hesitation kind of tells well, me that there's been, there's been a lot of anger through the four years. A lot of anger okay. came out of that. So, so you can see how he would feel that you don't like him. Is that correct? Yeah. In the last four years with the anger that, you know, every time I tried to talk about it early on, it was a lot mm-hmm. of pushback and 
um, mm-hmm. you know, even threats that if I don't stop talking about this, he's not going to love me anymore, those kinds of things. I have okay. a follow-up question. I want to clarify. Do, do you know for sure he had an affair? Is that what you said? Well, he's never admitted that, right? But uh, for four years, I mean, I've watched podcasts. I've, you know, but do you know for like, trying to heal. Do you know, do you know for a fact that he actually did? Do you have evidence that he actually did? Well, so I said emotional affair. So there's kind of a fine line there, right? What's a friendship and what is, I, to me, inappropriate emails, uh, text messages, you know, and I guess asking him, you know, I didn't ask, it was a work friendship, and not asking him to stop being friends, you know, for 26 years he had female friends at work, mm-hmm. you know, um, it mm-hmm. was never an issue. Um, okay, one, so you, I'm, hearing, I'm hearing you say, I'm hearing you say that that you yeah. felt that his interaction with this person was inappropriate. I get that. I understand, mm-hmm. and that that it hurt you. I get that. I understand. But the specific question we're asking is, do you know for a fact that he actually had the emotional affair? I, I do not know. Okay, and so when he says, as far as I was concerned, it was just friendship. It wasn't an emotional affair. You think he's lying. I do. Okay. And and his response to you is, how can we have a relationship if you believe I'm lying? Is that correct? Um, the way I see it is he wants to push it under the rug and not discuss it. Mm-hmm. I understand. I'm hearing your side that that you feel hurt. You feel that he violated the the uh, the covenant of your marriage, if you will. I mean, I, I hear your side. I really do. I'm trying to ask if you actually hear his side. Is there a possibility, even slight, that it, in his mind it really was a friendship and not an emotional affair? Okay, but but you are convinced that it's impossible. Um. Yeah. And I realize, you know, after four years, um, but after four years, there's a lot in my head that's probably not true. That's been, you know, um, mm-hmm. trying to make sense of it, that I've made sense of it, right, in my head to get some sort of closure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything I read, that's what happens, though, right, that you can make up lots, worse, uh, lots of worse stories in your head. Yeah. I understand that. But what we have here is almost an impasse because the impasse is he's saying, no, it was not emotional affair. It was just a friendship. And and you are saying, no, I'm convinced it was emotional affair. And yet, yet you don't have evidence that it was that, but you definitely have decided that he's lying. And because you've definitely decided that he's lying, it's obviously the anger. You said you felt anger for four years. Anger is best. Anger is based on pain. That means that you've been hurting for four years. I hear that, and it breaks my heart that you've dealt with anger for four years. What I'm looking at is if indeed, uh, what I'm hearing you say is this, the only way that you can get past it is if he says, yes, I had an emotional affair. Now, I understand that. But if indeed in his mind that didn't happen, it really didn't happen, it was a friendship, then then he would be thinking the only way we can move forward is if I admit to something that I didn't do. Correct? Um, and he has said, and not exactly those terms, um, something in that format to me, um, it's, and I guess it's not necessarily that I need him to admit that he had an emotional affair 
where I'm stuck is that if I um, if he I can't trust him if he's having secret friendships with women um, that he comes home at night on weekends and is texting emotional are you okay what do I need to you know what do you need from me? Those kinds of things. Um, and then mm-hmm. if I have no voice in that, where I say, you know, be her friend at work, you know, do what a typical work friendship relationship is, all I'm mm-hmm. asking is that the outside texts stop. And if I have no voice in that in my marriage, mm-hmm. then, yeah. And when you have said that to him, what's his response? Um, he says it was never a secret, even though I never, you know, I heard everybody else's names at work. I heard many stories except for the specific person until um, I saw a text message pop up on there with her name and asked who it was. And and then all of a sudden that's where the anger came out. Okay. Why do you you want to know? Okay. I have lost my, uh, something going on my hearing aid, my hearing here. I, I'm so very sorry that you're in this pain. I really am. But the situation that you guys are in, there's almost an impasse. Mm-hmm. And and if you're going to deal with it, it's going to be something, my, my suggestion would be that you make some kind of a contract together. You say, what do you mean? Okay, these are the things that hurt me. Will you promise not to do that? And can we build in some kind of accountability? Mm-hmm. If he were to agree to that, then it seems that that could solve your problems if you can let go of the past. If you can't let go of the past, then I don't know how you're going to solve it when he's claiming no and you're claiming yes. But my recommendation from this point on would be you deal, you make some kind of a contract, literally, where you sit down together and go, this is what hurts me. I'm not really trying to accuse you of anything because as soon as you start accusing, the other person gets defensive. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to accuse you of anything. I'm just saying this is what hurts me. When you speak in terms of what you feel as opposed to what the other person is doing, it's yeah. more likely that they're going to hear you. Right. So these things hurt me. Not you're a bad guy, not you're lying, not you're genuine. These things hurt me. And so this is what I'm asking. And then you make it as simple as you can. My recommendation is go to um, Blog Talk Radio. Where else can they find it? I can't believe where that. I did the Definitive Guide to Boundaries. MarriageHelper.com. Oh, so you can go to MarriageHelper.com. Mm-hmm. Look up the Definitive Guide to, to Boundaries. It's a uh, an audio. It's not a video. And I would recommend you go through that very thoroughly. But if you guys can come to some kind of agreement, I don't know that you're going to resolve the past if indeed he believes he's being maligned. Mm-hmm. In other words, I didn't do it. I'm not going to take responsibility for it. Yeah. And, you know, Joe, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here, but I would love to talk about not that call specifically, but some of the premises in it um, after the show with you and put it on our Facebook story and Instagram story for, for because we spent a lot of time on it. But there's some things I want to ask you about and get some more clarity on that I think are more applicable to in general, um, if you'd be willing to. You can find it on Instagram or Facebook. Hopefully Joe will do it. <laughs> but because it's the premise of um, there, she's stuck on something. Mm-hmm. And what she's stuck on, if you boil it down, isn't actually what she really needs. Right? Okay. We'll do we'll a, a special it. thing on it right <laughs> after this. And then it'll go up on YouTube as well, I guess. It'll be on Instagram and Facebook. And then our marketing team will figure out where else they want to use it. Okay. So people might not be able to find it later today then. Mm-hmm. Oh, it'll be, it'll happen immediately. Okay. All right. Well, let's go to Idaho and talk to Jose. Hi, Jose. How can we help you today? 
Hi. Um, so I'm currently been separated with my wife for um, since January second. Um, <clears throat> due to my addiction, so I I'm not currently using anymore. Actually, I haven't used since we've been separated. But um, mm. I I um I've broken a lot of a lot of promises and a lot of uh, I think I damage a lot of trust mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. she just feels not really safe with me actually she said that before um but i have been trying to smart contact i've been studying on that and working on my pies and um oh, man so i it was coming to a point where we were starting to get along again and then i found out that she was well, she actually told me that she was dating other people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it really upset me, you know, and I think the day after mm-hmm. I just, I was just, man, I, I don't even know. I can't even explain what I was going through in my head. I, mm-hmm. But I found this thing on, on my phone app where I can access her messages, which I know. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And I let my emotions lead me, and it just went to mm-hmm. crap. Mm-hmm. And I just lost everything that I was working so hard for, and it was starting to get, you know, good, and it just all went away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to start over again, and now I'm at a point where she is telling me, um, just last week she told me that she hates me just as much as she loved me. Um, oh, and I, I, um, I just, I, I'm trying to, um, make things work out a little better. You know, I'm not trying to be so emotional about it. I mean, in front mm-hmm. of her at least, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yesterday uh, we had this, this discussion and I, I kind of wanted to know what was really important to her at the moment and mm-hmm. um, so I, it's like maybe I, I should ask you know maybe I should ask her it's the only way I'm going to find out mm-hmm. so I did and she came at me with such anger you know and it was it wasn't it wasn't pretty but I stayed calm and I stayed collective and I made sure that she knew that I understood and I even replied mm-hmm. you know like man that must be so frustrating for you I'm so sorry that I make you feel this way and she would get more angrier, you know, and then she would mm-hmm. start with fury as she was talking about all the positive things that she was seeing about me. And it just made her mm-hmm. so mad. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she was like, I, you know, you have so much patience now. You have all the patience in the world for the kids and everything else. You have every, all the nose bouts. You are so calm. You're going to counseling, all the things that I asked you to do two months ago. And, you know, and I just didn't really know what to say besides, you know, I'm like, I I understand how you feel right now. And I'm I'm so sorry. I, Mm -hmm. I I know I've made, I made some bad choices in my life and, Mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of where I stand. And I just, I'm trying to just better myself for everything for the good, good, you know? Good. And that's kind of where the conversation ended, but she was still angry, and I just don't know where to go from there because she's asked me to 
to keep keep it to text smoke mainly and if it's with the you know i mean if it has to do with the kids and she's really not anymore like it's very little things about the kids and she keeps it strictly text anymore you know so it's really mm-hmm. hard to mm-hmm. to um <laughs> I just don't know where to go from there, I guess. Yeah, and I, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Well, the yeah. situation that he's describing is actually mm-hmm. very normal. Happens a lot. Absolutely. Understand this, my friend Jose, that, well, you can talk about this better than I can, where that anger mm-hmm. is always based on pain. pain. And a loss. Typically, there's some kind of loss, whether it's a loss of trust or expectations or a sense of violation. But I think there's a couple of things going on here with his wife, mm-hmm. one of which is she may be feeling of law, feeling a feeling of loss of you're like this now. But what about when I needed you mm-hmm. to be more like this? So there's some anger going out into what she lost in the mm-hmm. past. Right. But also there's a psychological principle in play here, which is he's not responding the way to her he used to. Mm-hmm. And now she whether we realize it or not, we're creatures of habit. And when mm-hmm. things start changing, even if it's a good change, mm-hmm. we don't know what to think of it. So she there's probably a subconscious part of her that's trying to get him to respond the way he used to, because that's what's normal to her. Right. So going, continuing to say, you know, and then this and then that, and she's angry because of it. And she doesn't know how to handle all of this. Mm-hmm. My encouragement to Jose would be don't take that anger on as yours. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, as Kimberly just said, she's looking for what she used to get. And there could be the added dimension of because she's hurt, she wants to hurt you. Mm, that's another one. Yep. Mm-hmm. All of this is going on. Mm-hmm. And so saying things and, and wanting you to respond mm-hmm. in a way that shows your pain, your hurt. And instead, mm-hmm. you're being this gentle, understanding, compassionate guy that just ticks her off. Like, I want to hurt you. You mm-hmm. made me mad. I want to make you mad. Mm-hmm. Now, look at the options, Jose. One is you can do that. Mm-hmm. You can respond as you used to do, or or you can start firing back where she sees the anger, or you can just fall apart like I'm dying because of the pain. My question is, what does any of that accomplish? Mm-hmm. You see, I always suggest to people, what do you expect to accomplish by this? And so if you stopped doing what you're doing now, what good comes from it? Seriously, what good comes from it? If you stop being understanding, compassionate, et cetera, if you yell back at her or if you just fall apart, none of that accomplishes anything good. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, but she's not reacting well to what I'm doing now. Yet, it surely sounds to me like it's still the right thing to do. Exactly. Because anything else you do is going to have even much more negative consequences. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's a matter of, okay, nothing's working like I think it should. But which one at least does the least amount of damage? If I can't gain good right now, which one at least does the least amount of damage and has the greatest potential right. for creating good? Right. And the course of action you're following now is that. Mm-hmm. It's going to create a lot less potential of damage than if you yell back at her or if you just fall apart. Those things are going to lead to things that are not good. Mm-hmm. And this one also has the greater potential for eventually having a good result mm-hmm. that, that if you keep doing this, then this has a chance. Um, Jesse also get his number. Let's contact Jose back and we're going to give him the smart contact tool toolkit as well. And it'll give you about an hour and a half, two hours, somewhere in that range of teaching about how to do this smart contact even more effectively. Mm-hmm. And and we want you to listen to that, to pay attention to that. Yeah. But Jose, I understand your frustration and I heard your pain. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, this man hurts. He loves this mm-hmm. woman. Yet, at the same time, I appreciate the fact that you're fessing up to the fact, okay, yep. I'm, I'm an addict. Absolutely. I'm reaping what I've sown. Good. That's a good step. That's a really good step. But I recommend that then you do what you need to do, which is what you're doing now. That's right. And this toolkit will help you do it even better. Absolutely. So even though it doesn't appear to be working right now, my friend, it's still, in my opinion, you you can do what you think mm-hmm. because it's your life. But in my opinion, you're doing the right thing. You're in the right direction. Absolutely. And so now we're going to go to Brittany in Florida. Hi, Brittany. Hi. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Um, my my um, question is, it's how do you, like my husband totally is in the limerent stage and our therapist has even, he said that he doesn't know what he wants to do and he mm-hmm. refuses to stop dating the girlfriend. I mean, even the therapist mm-hmm. said, you know, you can't, <laughs> you can't work on this and have that. Mm-hmm. And he refuses to stop dating her. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how do you work with a spouse that seems completely unwilling to, you know, move in any direction and yet gives, you know, mixed messages. Like he blames me. He refuses to stop dating the girlfriend yet. He says he doesn't know what he wants to do. And he's Mm -hmm. not even being responsible with the kids. Like he, I mean, that chaos is even filtering in. Like, you know, he will tell the kids or or he's, you know, was supposed to come and pick one of the kids up for school today and he didn't show up. And, you know, it's like, he never communicated that. So like his communication mm-hmm. will say one thing in one area, but then it'll say something mm-hmm. else in a different area. Mm-hmm. This is all, un- unfortunately, this is all par for the course, Brittany, a person yeah. who is in limerence. <clears throat> yeah, they will do that. They'll vacillate that, you know, you don't know what they're going to do next, what they're going to think next mm-hmm. because they're not being logical. They're operating almost, almost off of pure emotion. And that emotion is so much more overpowering to the logic. Now, the thing to do is, is uh, are you familiar, have, are by any chance, you in our online course? Um, I, I, I just saw it. I mean, I've been doing a lot, like, looking at stuff on the Internet, but at, like, your videos that have been on YouTube, but I haven't gotten mm-hmm. on the course yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if, if you can, getting into that course would help a lot because it's 10 weeks long, and it helps you understand you know, how do I do this? 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 I know that you know, that's just kind of scary that he's being vacillating right now and he's giving the mixed messages. I know that mm-hmm. the kids are being hurt. I know that you're being hurt. Yeah. But believe it or not, yeah. believe it or not, what you're describing is very typical for a person who's in limerence. Now, that, I know that doesn't make it better. Mm-hmm. But what I'm trying to tell you is right. it's, not, it's not something that's so unusual. And by the grace of God, we've been able to have a lot of success in helping people through this. And so what I want to do is give you some hope. I cannot guarantee you that it's going to work out well because I don't lie to people. But I'm telling you that that if you'll let us help you, there can be a lot of hope in this, a lot of hope. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm going to do something. I'm going to get in trouble with my boss here for. I'm going to give you the online course. Okay. So we're going to get your oh, number here. You. And I'm going to give okay. that to you. Go through it and then and then call us back. After you've gone okay. through them, because it's going to give you a lot of direction, okay? Yes, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Unfortunately, I'm out of town right now, but I'm, we're going to get that to you. Now, Kimberly, I, I didn't do what you told me to do before the program. I just realized I it. I just realized I did not do what you told me to do. Well, we have, we want to share more hope in all of our calls and shows and everything that we do. And so I have four different 
testimonies about our workshop that I, mm-hmm. that I want to share with our listeners. One person said, I've been to counseling on and off for 25 years now. This workshop was the best thing that could have happened to me. Mm. Thank you for doing God's work. You are all amazing. Mm. The next one I have is if you want to save your marriage, this is the place to go. There is hope. Wow. So powerful in Colorado. And this last one from Arizona, we came to work on healing after an affair. Having already been reconciled, we now have the tools we need to feel like the workshop has and will transform our lives. We also watched so many couples transform during the weekend. I recommend this workshop for anyone married in crisis or not. This last one is from a couple who came to the workshop this weekend. And she said, I am out with my husband. I can't update in details yet, but we are in full-blown reconciliation. He finally apologized for it all. He has denied limerence for forever, but after the workshop, he took a whole page of notes. He said that was exactly how he felt, all the signs of limerence. He wants to get a coach for himself. He has been completely transparent about the affair. He told me anything I wanted to know. Um, I'm so happy, my friends. Thank you all for your support. And if they want to know more about our workshop, then we ask you to call our number. It's 866-903-0990. That's 866-903-0990. Ask to speak to one of our client representatives, and they'll help you. They'll listen, and they'll guide you to whatever resource that we have that can help you. And if we don't have a resource to help you, we're honest enough, we'll tell you that. Mm. Like, because we're not after your money, we actually want to help you with your marriage. That's why we exist. Also, free YouTube videos, tons of those, hundreds, hundreds of them. Mm -hmm. And you're adding, what, like four more a week? Yeah, we are. We have a ton happening. So be sure to subscribe because it's when you subscribe, two things happen. Number one, you get notified. But then whenever we release the newest ones, when we go live, all of that stuff. But number two, you help other people to see the relationship help that we give. So if you think what we do is good, and I hope you do, Mm -hmm. then Please subscribe, share, share it with friends that you have who need it. We would love to help everyone we can. Because the more subscriptions we get, the more YouTube lets people. They like us. And and that helps us do more good. So that's YouTube.com slash Marriage Helper, like Marriage Helper, Marriage Helper. Mm -hmm. Okay, Kimberly, apparently you and I are about to do something as soon as we get off the air. We are. You can find it later on Facebook (laughs) or Instagram. And we hope to share with you guys again next Monday from 1230 to 130 Central Time. Thank you.